Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear fellow redeemed, in the name of our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last year in one of my chapel sermons, I talked about feet on the basis of the passage which says, Blessed are the feet of those who bring the tidings of good news. Well, this morning I would like to move from an external extremity of the body to an internal humor, namely blood, because that is the overriding theme, obviously, of our text. In a recently published, modernized version of Butler's Lives of the Saints, he lists as one of the saints for annual commemoration as being Bernardino of Siena, who was born in the year 1380. Bernardino joined the Franciscan order at the age of 22 and became the leading missionary preacher of 15th century Italy. Two years prior to becoming a monk in the year 1400, he and some of his friends ran the local hospital after most of the hospital staff had been killed by the plague. And when the plague had passed, he took care of his aging aunt, who had raised him as a child and a youth, until she died. As he tended to his aunt, he heard her repeatedly listing the name Jesus with ever-intense devotion. And in later years, the name of Jesus became the central theme of his life. And Bernardino is credited with devising that familiar symbol for, for Jesus, the first three letters of the Greek alphabet in the capital letters, Iota, Eta Sigma, which we normally think of as, in English, the IHS. When his, when his health began to fail at the age of 60, he decided to make one last visit to his hometown of Massa Maritima. And once he arrived in Massa Maritima, he preached a series of 50 sermons in 50 days. And then he set out for Naples, preaching in all the communities along the way. But unfortunately, he never finished that final leg of his journey because he died before he got to Naples. In many artistic depictions of, of Bernardino, they show him holding up a tablet or a placard with the letters inscribed on it, Iota, Eta, Sigma, for Jesus. Because supposedly at the end of every sermon, he would hold up that placard at the conclusion of those sermons because it was all about Jesus. Maybe you and I don't hold up placards today with the letters Iota, Eta, Sigma inscribed on them whenever we preach. Or maybe we don't do it when we teach a Bible class or a Sunday school class or render any kind of loving service for God's church. But it should all be about Jesus. He should be the focus of our lives. And our text tells us why that is the case. In verse 22 it says, Without the shedding of blood, namely Jesus' blood, there is no forgiveness. Or verse 14 says, After talking about, after talking about the Old Testament sacrifices of animals, then says, How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, 
so that we may serve the living God. And in verses 16 and 17, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when the person who made it has died. Quite simply put, if Jesus had not shed his blood, our consciences would not be be cleared. There would be there would be no inheritance of the crown of life. We would not become part of the kingdom of God. Our sins would not be forgiven. And without all of those, we would be unable and unfit, as the text says, to serve the living God. Quite frankly, you and I would really not have a career in the church. Or not a church as we think of it. It could only be a social institution. The key to the forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation clearly is the blood of Christ, as verse 22 clearly says. Much of my life I thought of blood as one of the safest and the cleanest humors of the body. Oh yes, there were a few diseases of the the blood, but you never thought that you could catch them if you touched somebody else's blood. But then the AIDS epidemic came along, and suddenly we have become afraid of everybody else's blood except our own. And this is evident every time you go to a medical professional, because our doctors, our nurses, our dentists, and others will always put on their protective plastic gloves before they ever touch us in a situation where they might be contaminated by our blood. And so we sometimes think of blood no longer as being one of the cleanest and the safest fluids of the body, but possibly as one of the deadliest. But nevertheless, healthy blood is still a life-giving fluid of our bodies. Without it, we don't continue to live. And the blood of Christ certainly is the purest and the cleanest of all bloods, so much so that his blood can cleanse all of us, of all the sins that we have ever committed. It is the blood, after all, of a sinless person. Christ's blood makes us spiritually healthy, not ill. It gives us life, not death. In medieval physiology, blood was one of the four fluids entering into the constitution of the body and determining by their relative proportions a person's health and temperament. We may, have been, we may have moved beyond medieval physiology, but blood still is a life-giving and a life-preserving substance. If we cut ourselves, we usually wipe it off. If it's a deeper cut, we may apply an antiseptic and a Band-Aid, but then we usually forget about it. Figure our body will replenish the amount of blood that will be lost, and we go on living. But sometimes there are instances in which we are taught a deeper meaning of the significance of the blood to our very lives. That once occurred to me when over a series of weeks and months, I gradually lost a little blood. I asked the doctors about it, and they didn't seem unduly concerned and pretty much assured me that this would all pass. And so I thought, why should I be concerned about it either? 
And they never gave me any warning about the consequences when you lose too much or when you reach that point. And so one morning I got out of bed, walked to the vanity in the, in the bedroom, looked at the clock and figured I had a few minutes to sleep yet. But on my way back to the bed, as I got to the foot of the bed, I, my legs instantaneously and without warning simply collapsed under me. And I had just enough awareness to be able to catch the foot of the bed so my trunk didn't go down. And I was able to pull myself up eventually into the bed. Well, I needed a major transfusion of blood. And one of the problems also with that loss of blood was that my hemoglobin level had gotten very low. That part of your blood which carries oxygen to the different organs and parts of your body. And I guess if this had gone on a little longer, one of my major organs would have been starved for oxygen, and that would have been the end of me. Then you learn how precious your blood is. Then you learn how to be a little bit more concerned about the different constituent elements of the blood, whether they are in their proper proportion and in their proper amounts, if you want to go on living. I mention this only because sometimes incidents do occur when we realize how important blood is and what you and I must realize on the basis of our text this morning is how very important the blood of Jesus Christ is to us. Without that blood, there would have been no point in our coming to chapel this morning. Without Jesus' blood, all our sins would be accumulating until their collective weight simply crushed us and carried us down into the eternal fire and brimstone. Our text is right. Without the shedding of Jesus' blood, our consciences would give us no rest. They would continue to accuse us of all the sinful deeds, words, and thoughts that lead to death, to eternal and spiritual death. Also, it tells us there would be no forgiveness of sins, Without the forgiveness of sins, there is no eternal life. And without the shedding of Jesus' blood, we would not become the heirs of the kingdom of God. Because, as I said, a will is no good to any beneficiary as long as the person making it is still alive. It's only a future possibility. And so God's promise to us of a crown of eternal life, of being a part of his eternal kingdom would simply mean nothing to us if Jesus had not died with the shedding of his blood. It also tells us that we would be unable to serve the living God, which is one of the great joys and the privileges of all Christians. And hopefully it will be one of the great joys of your life in the ministry. But only if, like Bernardino, you make the name of Jesus and Jesus himself, the center focus of all your ministry and all your life. The word for the shedding of blood in verse 22 is a compound Greek noun, haimat exousia, from haima for blood and exousia for shedding. And what's interesting about this word, it, is, it occurs only in Christian literature. And in, the new, and in the scripture, it is a hapax legumina. It occurs only here. I suppose you can make too much of that sort of thing, maybe, and possibly try to read too much into it. 
But certainly the shedding of the blood of Christ is a singular shedding of blood. Other religions have sacrificed animals, have spread the blood around to cleanse the the people who worship that religion. In the Old Testament, we had the repeated slaughtering of sacrificial animals and the blood sprinkled upon people and upon things for their external cleansing. But no blood cleanses us internally as the blood of Jesus Christ did. It cleanses us inwardly, it cleanses our conscience, and you see, life is really all about Jesus. In the Old Testament, the sacrificial animals were killed numerous times, different ones, but in the case of Christ shedding his blood, it is singular. It occurred only once, and it is good for all time. And That is the blood with which we are clean. It is so important. May it be the center focus of your life and your ministry. I'm not going to hold up a placard, and perhaps you won't either with the letters I, Iota, Eta, Sigma on it. But that's the way, really, every sermon should end, because it's about Jesus. May God grant it for his sake. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.